Hello and welcome to Cavalcade of America from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Cavalcade of America, starring Walter Pidgeon and Faye Bainter. Presented by the DuPont Company, makers of better things for better living through chemistry. Good evening. This is Ted Pearson. Tonight, Cavalcade comes to you from Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're broadcasting from the Municipal Auditorium before an audience of 5,000 people. Our story, Home to the Hermitage, recalls a great figure of Tennessee, Andrew Jackson, 7th President of the United States, Rachel, his wife, and their home, the Hermitage. Now, to portray the role of Andrew Jackson, Cavalcade presents Walter Pidgeon, co-starring with Faye Bainter, who will be heard as Rachel Jackson in a story that took place in Tennessee over a century ago. The spring of 1825, a lonely stretch of road in eastern Tennessee, a coach and four jogs its steady way through the dense forest. Come on, King Duff. You fever. Get in and pull. Suddenly, a highwayman on horseback appears out of the forest, blocks the way, fires a warning shot into the air. He pulls up beside the coach. You there, in the coach. Get out fast. And the more you hurry and behave yourselves, the longer you live. What do you want? Tell that woman to get out, too. The lady is my wife. She will stay where she is. Oh, hold up. Steady the horses, Flag. Yes, sir, I am. Now, what do you want? Your money and valuables, and the quicker I get them, the longer you live. You want I should do something, General Jackson? What? General Jackson? Did you say General Jackson? Are you Andrew Jackson, mister? Are you old hickory? Yes, sir, he sure is. And the sooner you all hightail out of here, the, the longer you live. Great day in the morning, General. I sure craves your pardon. I ain't fixing to rob old Hickory. Why, my own brother Press fought at Norlands with you ten years ago. What's your name? Trigger Ossus. Say, is it true you're going up to Washington for to be president? Well, looks that way. All right, Flag, we'll drive on now. Oh, good luck in Washington, General. I sure was pleased to meet you. Get up, you King Tuff. Get in there, Fever, and pull. You go. Well, did you hear, wife, what that scallywag highwayman said? Everyone must be conceding my election by now. You haven't seen any official tally up at the vote yet, don't forget. And the voting for president was mighty close. Eh, well, I'm not worried. Except about you. You don't seem yourself. I, I guess it's because I'm a mite scared, Mr. Jackson. You scared? Of that rascal out there? Oh, no, husband. It's leaving Tennessee. It's leaving... Our home. Ah, uh, I know. We I built know. the hermitage. We've lived in it and loved it and watched it grow into a fine plantation. I'm afraid maybe the good days we knew there might never come again. Oh, but they will, Rachel. I know they will. In Washington, you'll be the first lady of the land, Mrs. Jackson. We'll know good days there, too. You wait and see.
But something strange has happened in the presidential election. Neither Jackson nor his opponent, John Quincy Adams, has received a majority of the states, and a new vote must now be taken in the House of Representatives. So, when the general and his lady arrive in Washington, they go not to the White House, but to a hotel. Well, Mr. Jackson, don't you worry. They voted for you once. I guess it won't kill them to write their X's down on a piece of paper again. Uh, it isn't going to be so simple this time, wife. I've got reason to believe that Henry Clay and John Adams are conniving together like horse traders. By making promises to each other, combining their support, they, well, they'd be behind a hollow tree. No, husband, you don't really know they're doing that. Well, if Adams is elected and appoints Clay to his cabinet, I'll be sure of it. And I'll proclaim their neighbor throughout the nation. I want to... Husband, uh, what did the scriptures say about them as spitefully usual? Don't cite the scriptures to support no, Henry Clay. No, it isn't helping to get all roused up. I'd say if they're taking a vote this afternoon, you'd best go have a talk with some of those horse traders. Well, yourself. I will not. The only trading I do is an honest horse play. Mr. Jackson, it's nigh on to noon. Oh, well, well. They'll be expecting you over at the Capitol building. Uh, well, I... I've heard people say old Hickory never turned his back on a fight yet. Hmm. All right, I'll go. And whether you'll win or not, Mr. Jackson, I'll be here waiting for you, knowing you've done your honest best. You've done know your man, Mr. Van Buren. Mr. and Mrs. Joseph Hopkins. All right, Mr. Webster, I'll wager on it. Jackson and his backwoods wife are on their way back to Tennessee this very minute. General and Mrs. Andrew Jackson. <laughs> How much will you wager, Mr. Van Buren? I, uh, <coughs> uh well, you know, I voted for Adams, but if he'd been defeated, he wouldn't be here tonight facing this. I agree. And look at him. He could teach Lafayette how to bow. <laughs> My dear, is that Mrs. Jackson? My, she looks like, like Daniel Boone. General, did you hear what that woman said? I did. And if you pay any mind at all to a silly female's remarks... She's right, I don't belong here. I'm out of place. Nonsense. You're the grandest lady in the room. This is the White House, Rachel, and someday it's going to be your home. We leave tonight, but four years from now, there'll be another election, and by the eternal, they'll answer to me for this outrage. I will be back. Look, husband, the land's getting to be familiar now. We're getting on towards home. Uh, yeah, we ought to make Nashville just about dark. Nashville? Yeah. Oh, we're not going but town, are we? Oh, I had thought spend the night and tomorrow morning there talking with Judge Grundy. He'll have some plans about the next campaign. You've and... got four years to think about the next campaign. Uh, that isn't any too much time. There's a great deal to do. There's a great deal to do at the Hermitage, too. Well, uh... Don't you want to hear the frogs in our own pond tonight? Smell our own honeysuckle? Yeah, but Judge Grundy's expecting us in town. Judge Grundy's a patient man. That's one reason I've liked him so much. Now, but, sweetheart, I... And you can call me that when we're home. When you're sitting in your favorite chair with some home cooking under your belt. That's when you can say sweetheart to me, Mr. Jackson. 
Well, all right. Uh, turn here, Flag. We're going home to the Hermitage. Yes, sir, General. Get up, you king cup. <laughs> Smell that sassafras. Stop. Flag, stop the carriage. Huh? Yes, sir, General. Oh, yeah. What's the matter, General? Something on that tree there by our front gate. Let's see what it is. It's a placard. What does it say? Welcome home, General and Mrs. Jackson. Maybe now you'll stay for a while and keep your nose out of Washington and the country's business. By the eternal, I find no hoops. Well, what? Who's there? Just me, Trigger Rosso. Welcome home, General Miss. General, welcome home. Oh, our highwayman. Planning to rob us again? No, sir. I'm a reformed man ever since that day on the road and the Lord revealed me to you. I, I heard how them Jay Burns run a whizzer on you up in Washington. And well, I... oh, what's that under your arm? More welcome home placards? Yep. I mean, yes, sir, General. Yeah, and I... you're reformed by tacking up those things on my property. Oh, no, no, no. You're powerful, Miss Took, General. Friend, a ghost, I weren't tacking them up. I've been pulling them down. I even took a shot at the scalawag of caught doing it. Uh, you did? You, you you don't calculate that was sinful, sir? Uh, no, no, Mr. Rosser. Not, uh, not if you hit him. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I don't suppose you found an honest job yet, have you? Uh, no, sir. I, I, I've been kind of waiting for you to get back. I've been kind of hankering to work for you. Well, I, I, I do need a new overseer. Come around tomorrow and we'll talk it over. Yes, sir. General, Miss Rachel, just look at there. They must have heard us up at the house. Oh, husband, look. Look, they got a candle in every window. We're home. Nothing. Nobody can hurt us now. For two happy years, the Jacksons live and work in quiet contentment at the Hermitage. And it seems to Rachel that her husband has almost forgotten his vow to return to Washington. But gradually, the ominous rumblings of a new campaign begin. And early in 1828, on Jackson Day, anniversary of his greatest military triumph, crowds gather in the streets of Nashville. Will you have for your president a man who thirsts for the blood of his fellow men? Or such a man as Andrew Jackson. What's going on? How long has a good citizen been standing still for this kind of hogwash? And on the general's own day? Jackson's opposition runs some of their slickest artists into town. It's a political coup. Listen, oh, But he was a murderer, so they strung him up. Now, this Jackson may be a whole man, but he's just as much a murderer as Ray ever was. And he wants you to vote for him for president. How do, Sonny? Howdy, mister. That's mighty pretty for Simon you got there, huh? Sure is. Is she uh, right? Sure. You uh, fixing to eat her? Sure am. You wouldn't be a grub or the selling, I guess, for this little corn. Huh, sure would. I want you to remember this at election time. Andrew Jackson. <laughs> and his wife. Well, I don't need to even suggest to you good citizens how she looked. 
as the first lady in the land. What was you aiming to do with that for cinema, mister? You just watch and see. I tell you, things have come to a pretty pass when I have to stay within the four walls of my own house. Can't even go into town on my own day. The day they named in my honor. There'll be a Jackson Day every year, General. It won't hurt too much if you miss this. But what are the voters going to think? That I'm afraid to face them? No, I've, I've put up with this foolishness about treading lately long enough. Sit down, dear. You're treading a hole in the new carpet. By the eternal, Rachel, sometimes I think you're against me, not for me. But there may be ruckuses, even shooting ruckuses, don't you see? If you got mixed up in any of them, you wouldn't have a chance to win the election. Do you want me to win? It's what you feel you have to be, President of the United States. Yes, husband, I want you to win. dinner. And this is a fine day. Happy birthday, darling. Thank you. That makes me very happy, Mr. Jackson. <laughs> you don't sound it. And you hardly ate a mouthful. I'm just not hungry, I guess. And you haven't been happy ever since the campaign began. I can't be happy. No one will be apart. Apart? Yes. Well, I don't mean to be selfish, but you're all I got in the world. I got brothers and sisters, yes. They don't keep me alive. You do. I done without you for years when you was away in the army. I'm getting older now. I got no courage left to go on without you. But you'd come with me. You'd be the first lady. I don't and... belong in the White House. I just don't belong there. Oh, Rachel, Rachel. I... I don't know what to do or say or where. You do. Can't you see how miserable that makes me? This dress. It looks so pretty in the store. When I put it on, I took all the beauty out of it. Now, I won't have you talking that way. If we could only live out the rest of our lives here at the Hermitage, where I belong, where I can be somebody. You'd be somebody no matter where you went. And you belong where you've always been, at my side for 36 years. You're my wife, Rachel. I'd never want the presidency without you. If you think it's your duty to go to the White House, General... I'll go, too, and do everything I can. I'll go, too. You are listening to Home to the Hermitage, starring Walter Pidgeon as Andrew Jackson and Faye Bainter as Rachel on the Cavalcade of America, sponsored by the DuPont Company, makers of better things for better living through chemistry. Life at the Hermitage, Andrew Jackson's Tennessee plantation, continues in its quiet course, 
Although the presidential campaign of 1828 shows signs of becoming one of the most bitterly fought in the history of the young nation. And one of the general's most active supporters is his own overseer, the erstwhile highwayman, Trigger Rosser. Where have you been, Mr. Rosser? Why, well, I... Um... You look a little worse for wear. Fall out of a barn? If not, I did, General. I know where there's a fella fell out of the top of a high tree. Will Catlin, the scoundrel I caught, tacking up them signs that time. Why, he's been orating around town, and when I hear the scoundrel calling you a murderer and Miss Rachel... That's I... enough, Mr. Rosser. Yes, sir. It's morning up. I guess this is just about the mudslingingest, fire-eatingest political campaign there ever was. I know. But I advise you to let people handle it who really understand these things. People like Judge Grundy and Dr. Hume. But what are they going to do when it really gets rolling six or seven months from now? I'm not worried, Mr. Rosser. In a political campaign, things always get worse before they get better. Good afternoon, Judge Grundy. Well, General Jackson, I was afraid maybe you'd change your mind about coming into town. It was getting so late. Ah, sorry, I was waiting for my overseer. He's disappeared again, and, well, I don't like to leave Mrs. Jackson alone. Say, is that fellow Hickman going to meet us here at the hotel? Yes, his boat's due in from Kentucky any minute. Ah. We can wait here on the porch for him if you like. That's a nice, comfortable rocker there. Well, if he doesn't arrive soon, I'd better not wait. I'm I'm very concerned about my wife. Oh, isn't she well? No, hasn't been herself all summer. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. But very frankly, General, you'd better stay and talk to Mr. Hickman. Opposition strong in Kentucky, huh? Dangerously strong, and they're resorting to violent measures. I'll let them. I'll win in spite of them. Well, I'm afraid it won't be as easy as that. Really, General, staying to see Mr. Hickman may mean the difference between winning and losing the campaign. I can't help it. My wife isn't well and... Hey, what's going on over there in the street? Well, I don't know, but isn't that your overseas? Oh, yeah. still for it, I tell you. And anybody that makes one more remark about old Hickory or his missus gets that right where he lives, you understand? Rosser! Trigger Rosser! Why, General Jackson, I, I was just talking about you this minute. Uh, so I noticed. Where have you been the past three days? You've been needed at the Hermitage desperately. I'm sure sorry, General. I guess all this talk again, you folks, all these campaign rookuses, uh, it finally caught up with me. I couldn't stand it no longer, I guess. I, I kind of backslid. Yeah, I guess you did. General, that sounds like the Cumberland's whistle now. Now, please say you'll stay. No, no, I can't. It'll take me three or four hours to get home as it is. And then... If you're hankering to stay in town, I'll get back and tell the missus. Now, let him do it, sir. You can spend the night in town here and have a good long confab with Hickman and go home in the morning. As long as Miss Jackson knows... I'll go, sir. Please, let me do something to help. All right, Mr. Rosser, take my gig over there. And get home just as fast as you can make it, here. It's mighty freezy out here, Miss Rachel, and you're not feeling good. I'll be feeling just fine. So is Mr. Jackson safe at home. He's coming. It's him, all right. Miss Rachel, somebody running across the road down there. Looked like Mr. Catlin with a gun. Oh! Oh! He shot the general! Stop the horse flag! Stop the horse! Oh, Avery! Hold him! General! General, are you all right? 
Why? Miss Rachel, come quick. He didn't get him, did he? Man in here's been God all right. He's dead. Oh, Jen. But it ain't the general. That scoundrel Catlin must have thought it was. No, ma'am, this poor fella in the gig here is Mr. Rosser. Sure you feel like walking back from the church, Rachel? Flag pick us up here, you know, if you want to wait. No, General, I want to walk. We've got only a little more Indian summer to be enjoying. It's such a beautiful evening. Mr. Ross's grave is mighty pretty, with all the blue flags and violets. Promise me one thing, husband. Yeah. If we should go to Washington and I should die. Don't don't talk about it. Promise me you'll keep the hermitage, as we've always kept it. We made it. We've lived here. Don't ever let it go. I promise you. You know that's how it will be. General Jackson! Somebody, somebody's riding over from the house. Why, why, it, it's Felix Grundy. He must have lost the election. General, yeah. Miss Jackson. Oh, Judge Grundy, hello. I have the final results. New York gave you 20 votes to Adam 16. And Kentucky gave you 14. It was Kentucky that clinched it. Kentucky, did you hear that, Rachel? I'm proud to congratulate you. President Jackson. Rachel, I'm going to set my sights for the young people. Get young men into the government. Get young blood into the affairs of the country. There'll be a new era, new notions of freedom. The kind of freedom you understand so well. Oh, I'll need you now, Rachel, as I've never needed you before. Rachel. Rachel, what is it? Oh, husband. You're a great man. And you will be a great president. But why are you crying? Come on. I want to get home. Sweetheart, what's wrong? Don't you see? They've lighted all the candles in the house. Oh, General. There's so little time left. I want to spend it all. Every blessed minute of it. At the Hermitage. With you. Yes, General. She's blown for the Hermitage Landing. You better hurry if you wants to meet her. She'll wait. Flag, you love Miss Rachel very much, too. I want your opinion on it. It's to be engraved on the stone in the garden. Yes, General. Mrs. Rachel Jackson died December 22nd, 1828. Her face was fair... Her person pleasing, her temper amiable, her heart kind. To the poor, she was a benefactor. To the rich, an example. To the wretched, a comforter. And to the prosperous, an ornament. She was a being so gentle and so virtuous that slander might wound, but could not dishonor. Even death. 
when he took her from the arms of her husband, could but transport her to the bosom of her God. She would be mighty happy with it, General. I know she would. I'm glad you think so, Flag. Now, uh, will you please go out to the landing and tell the captain I'm coming? I'll do that right now, General. I mean, Mr. President. It's a long way to go alone, wife. But I'll be back. Just as soon as I've finished what I've got to do, I'll come home. Home to the Hermitage. We want to thank Walter Pidgeon and Faye Bainter for their splendid performances and appearing with us in Chattanooga, Tennessee tonight. Next week, from the Longacre Theater, Cavalcade's Playhouse on Broadway in New York, the DuPont Company presents the dynamic young Hollywood star, Burt Lancaster. Tonight's DuPont Cavalcade was based on the book Home to the Hermitage by Alfred Leland Crabb, published by the Bob's Merrill Company and was adapted for radio by Peter Rurick and Virginia Radcliffe. Jack Zoller directed and the music was composed by Arden Cornwell and conducted by Donald Bryan. Walter Pidgeon is currently co-starred with Greer Garson in MGM's Julia Misbehaves, beautifully photographed by Joseph Ruttenberg on DuPont motion picture film. Faye Bainter may soon be seen with Betty Davis and Robert Montgomery in June Bride, a Warner Brothers production. This is Ted Pearson inviting you to listen next week to The Darkest Hour, starring Burt Lancaster. Cavalcade of America is brought to you each week by the DuPont Company of Wilmington, Delaware. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, we've done it again and run out of time on the big broadcast for tonight. We'll be back next uh, Sunday night at 7 o'clock with more vintage radio, starting off, of course, with Fibber McGee and Molly. Then at 7.30, Johnny Dollar will have parts two and three of the Molly K Matter. At 8 o'clock on The Voice of Firestone, we'll have music from South Pacific and other light classics with featured guest star Mildred Miller. At uh, 8.30 on Escape, Frank Lovejoy will star in Treasure Incorporated. That's a 1950 broadcast. At 9 o'clock on Recollections, we'll have more requests. At 10, it's time for The Great Gildersleeve. And then at 10.30, Burt Lancaster stars on The Cavalcade of America in a story entitled The Darkest Hour. Well, that's our lineup for next week. Thanks for listening tonight. Tell your friends about the big broadcast and tune in next Sunday night at 7. This is John Hickman. Thanks for listening and good night, everyone.
This is 88.5 FM, WAMU, Washington. The following program is made possible by a grant from Exxon Corporation. <laughs>